Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of On The Dot Podcast. It's been a long time. I know that is a very big understatement. I'm not even going to bore you with excuses. I feel like I have to fucking preface that in every single episode though. I'm always like, this is my excuse this week. Well, it's literally been like two, three fucking months and I don't have a good excuse, okay? So I'm not gonna bore you with it. Look, I'm not even going to make any promises at this point because (laughs) I think given my track record, I probably have had made a promise in the past to be more consistent and look where we are. Look where we are. I just sound like a broken record and I just have to keep apologizing for taking so many hiatuses. So here I am doing my apology video again, just like a famous YouTuber. In this week's episode, I've gotten one of my really good friends on and we literally fucking speak about everything, hey? Like we we speak about a lot about the nine to five. We speak about chasing your dreams, depression, anxiety, and everything in between. Couple of things to note, we recorded this from the comfort of my home, meaning I don't have control over the fucking sounds outside. So you hear a lot of revving. I live on a fucking main road and I'm pretty sure I've said that previously, but I'll say it again. You hear a lot of car revving, car horns, possibly police sirens. And I had an unexpected but lovely visit from my brother's family. So if you hear my nephew and niece in the background running amok, that's the sound of that. But That's what comes with low budget podcasts. Okay, enjoy the episode. Again, I'm sorry, but I love you. Is that toxic? Probably. Enjoy the episode, guys. I'll see you hopefully next week. Anthony, welcome to the pod. Hey everyone, welcome to the On The Dot podcast, co-hosted by Big Toady. Please tell everyone how we met, how we became friends, how you know me and how I know you. Shit. We're starting off with the deep questions already. Already. Oh, shit, cracker. Um, so for those who don't know, um, J- Jennifer and I went to the same high school. Um, specifically as a memory, we met in chemistry class. I'm pretty sure you came over in year 10, right? No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I came you're back nine. in year 10. Well, you came back? Yeah, so I went to... I don't know if I've explained this previously in any episode, okay, but my yeah. high school life was... Like a bouncer. Yeah, like I, I went to the school that we went to, yeah. and then I moved, and then I came back. A like broken home sort of shit. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so... Specifically, I'm sure it's year 10 or year 11 that you would come over. And prior to that... Um, like the the teacher and the school principal and the year advisor kind of advised, like told us that there's going to be a batch of new people coming through because putting aside the disaster that you had at your previous school that there was going to be a batch of like a bunch of people coming through no way like so they people. actually yeah, they, told you yeah they told us oh I didn't know I that I think I'm pretty sure so here I am like watch out being like the guy going big through big dog coming yeah, going through puberty like there's going to be so many fucking chicks going through coming through right Um, so that happened and then that's when specific chemistry class that we had together um i don't know what two three people that came through so you came in by then i'm like the big dog of the class you know what i mean i'm like the class clown 
got awarded class clown in year six. Mm-hmm. Um, year Carried 10, that through to high school. In year ten, I was gonna get it again, and then year twelve, I was gonna get it again. So I got, I got it three times. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah. But okay. You, so you guys came in. Class got set up. You guys sat like somewhere at the back. Yeah, mm-hmm. back of the class. And I'm all, I was always like a cheeky guy. You know what I mean? I wasn't scared to kind of um, like befriend people. Mm-hmm. So you came in. I'm sure some other some other people came through as well, but I guess yourself. So that's the question. And then it's either you sat in front of me, or I sat behind, uh, or you sat behind me. But either or either I either leant forward, or leant, or I kind of leant back and kind of asked the question like, "Can I borrow like a rubber or some shit?" Like I, like something stupid. Were you trying to Were you trying to chat us up? No, yeah, I was like just like kind of being like, friendly. Yeah, yeah, be friendly, but like gotcha. see see what my chances are. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. The guy with the fucking full pencil case goes and reaches back and asks the girl, like, do you have a fucking rubber? I, I think, is that how you remember it? Like, I, I'd, no, I'd, I'd always I do don't. Chi- I'd always do cheeky shit like that just to, like, yeah. kind of um, break, the, uh, break the ice. Mm. So that happened, and we just, over time, kind of kicked back in chemistry class. And that class was pretty fun anyway. Like, yeah. we got pretty tight. I don't actually fun. think we got that close. Nah, nah, I understand In that. chemistry, though. No, because we, we, different now? we were friends, but yeah. we weren't like super, yeah yeah super yeah, yeah. just like classmates, classmates i think it w- yeah i definitely think it was after school when we would go out more or have more like go to more parties that we had mutually or whatever yeah yeah probably uh, that I we felt, became felt, a bit yeah, more closer i guess i felt different but anyways <laughs> let me tell you that that was how it was on my end <laughs> okay, nah, okay but I definitely like remember like kind of reaching out like breaking the ice mm. I'm like a whatever type of guy. Yeah. Anyways. The reason why I wanted to bring Anthony onto the podcast was because he is one of my longest-ish. Not really. That's a lie. That's, you know, you're actually not one of my longest friends. But I feel like we have a lot of conversations around topics that I already discuss on my podcast. And we can go into massive loopholes. Yeah. You have a very interesting perspective on certain things and you can keep a conversation flowing and going, which I really appreciate. So I feel like you're just one of the girls, which... Oh, shit. <laughs> Makes sense. I also beg to be on the podcast, but like, <laughs> yeah, we don't need to talk about that. But, but yeah. yeah, so that was our nature. That was how we became friends. My recollection of our friendship, we did meet in chemistry. We were close and then I... Well, no, we weren't no, that we close. Weren't close no. He was just like class clown. Yeah, like facts. think your typical class clown vibes. That was Anthony. Like, let's just say the teachers hated me. Like, some... Like, Legit. I remember, like, I remember uh, I'm not going to say who or certain teachers, but, like... Drop the name. No, no, no. But, like, I remember... So, let's say, in year, like, I've always, like, throughout high school... Like, throughout school or throughout life period, mm. I've always been not, like, a misguided child, but just, like, an, a child that just had, a, like, a shit ton of... Maybe it's either ADHD or ADD that's undiagnosed. Mm. But just growing up, for me, like, it was always hard to focus like, I'm not sure for you. Let me ask you the question. Like, and I've never asked anyone this question before. Like, but when it came to like your half-year reports, was okay. it kind of a bad time for you? What do you mean a bad time? Like, like you know your nervous? parents are going to whoop your ass. I mean... My parents did whoop my ass, but like, I know it's a bad time. But that's when I start cleaning around the house and shit. Like, just to make up for like <laughs> the 6 p.m. interview. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like, it's, it was like... Like, for the longest time, I remember like... The school... I couldn't focus. Like Really? You know? And just to tie back to... To what the teacher said to me. So in year seven or year eight, I had like a, a teacher who I was in their class and I was like running amok, you know what I mean? And I was just wasn't your studious student. And then kind of jumping forward 
to your senior year, so year 11, year 12. I nominated a subject that led me back to this teacher. Okay. And this teacher specifically said like, wow, you actually, like you're still here. Like, oh yeah, he's God. like, A, he's like, A, you're learning this subject. And this subject was quite like difficult. It wasn't like a, like a, like, how would you say? Like back in, so for It's anyone, fucking physics, isn't it? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> so, so anyone, no, no, no. So anyone in uni, you know, a gen ed. Yeah, so okay. I didn't do a gen ed in, in the high school equivalent. And he just kind of like, whether he, I'm sure he was like, I'm sure with a joke, but he kind of meant it as well. Like he didn't expect me to be in his class to be doing a subject that was expected to be difficult. Right. I'm like, fuck, who's this guy? You know what I mean? Oh, he's a cool teacher and all, but like, for him to kind of say that, like, that, that shit stuck with me to wow. this day. yeah. It kind of made, made me realise that, you know, I was I was just a very, I'm sure I have like undiagnosed ADHD or ADD. That's so interesting. You can imagine, right? You can yeah. see that stuff, maybe. Well, to answer your question on if I was nervous around half yearly reports, I yeah. feel like yes, yeah. but not so much scared that my parents would react in a certain way that, I was scared for, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I don't think, if, even if I came, I came last in French. I fucking hate French. Yeah, so that's, a, that's like a gen ed for, their, for those in high school. Yeah. Yeah, so it was a like an elective, I think. No, I'm just joking. Like, I'm not going to belittle anyone that did French like, for real. But like, it, it wasn't so much scared of their reaction. It was more of maybe the comparison of you and other people and yeah, your friends. Yeah, bro, it wasn't even yeah. that for me. It was just straight up, just, like, always being the bottom of the list. Growing up, it was just, so report time was always a bad time for me. Like, right. like I said, I was stuck cleaning up the house. Like, what for? <laughs> so, like, so when my parents see, yeah. like, the clean, like, kitchen table, they wouldn't, like, wouldn't tell me off. Yeah, My parents right. wouldn't hit me, but they would tell me off. And mm. Throughout primary school and high school, would you say you were someone who didn't get high grades? The potential was definitely there. Um, it's just like I was not focused in class. Right. Like I wasn't like like silly or shoot. I was silly, but I wasn't like dumb. Mm. Um, it's just that I needed. If I focus, for example, maths. I remember specific, specifically referring back to year six maths. I was in like one of the top classes. Yeah. And maths was just something that I really kind of clicked and appreciated. Yep. Um, whereas I can't say the same for maths. Oh, for English, for example. Like I just I never it never caught my interest. Right. In, because for me, when I do, let's say, the English subject, like, mm. the the output is something that I didn't appreciate. If mm. I'm going to expend my brain energy on something, and, you know what I mean? Like, even in high school, like, in the, the HSC, I never, you know how we get, we get prescribed texts? Mm. I never read one of any of the books for, like, for the HSC. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've read, like, three books in my life. <laughs> oh, and right. definitely, like, HSC was not one of them. You always had struggles with focusing? I definitely think so, yeah. What about But just now? focusing in general. Uh... I think I have a better control of it, mm. but then at the same time, I think the reason why the my lack of focus is what led me to be like humorous or comedic. Yeah. Like the class clown. I like that. Like I feel like you have to be a specific personality to be a class clown because you don't give a shit. And again, tying back to, I always got told off by my teachers. Towards the end of school, you did do really well, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so is I that think... a matter of? being student like did you have a a I guess like a thought or like a change where you were like I need to study shit okay a bit of a breakdown from year 78 our school we had like everyone did the same thing like you couldn't really nominate electives right mm-hmm. so it wasn't until year 9 year 10 that's when we could nominate our first electives and the ones I did were again kind of the gen ed equivalents your cooking and your drama yeah 
because growing up, I always like entertaining people. So that's where I did my drama. And like, cooking was, I like, you get to eat every, every, <laughs> every fucking week. Like you cook out a meal, like yeah. whether it's pad thai or like a tuna sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were, you were like two steps ahead. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like even though we had to fork out like 60 bucks for the sm- for the, for the year, but like, you know what I mean? That's the, worth the, it. The was, you know what I mean? Yeah. They have to bring lunch and shit. Yeah. So I did food tech specifically because me, I just like cooking cooking shit and mm. drama because a part of me growing up as a kid I just I felt like I wanted to be an actor like wow. I wanted to chase the clout mm-hmm. like I couldn't be a, a, a like a um, athlete um, because I, I didn't think my name was cool enough you know I mean? can, yeah. you, can you imagine running on the field and like having back of your jersey Anthony Luke? yeah I'm gonna say my last name like yeah. you, know, you know what I mean mm. um, like from yes yeah as a kid I always wanted to be like an actor or do some something like related to entertainment. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did, and you can imagine my parents' reactions. Like, you know, they wanted me to be like a doctor, engineer, whatever it may be. And like, mm-hmm. you, as you elected, you choose fucking drama and cooking. Yeah. Again, not to downplay anyone if they did that, but like for for me, they probably wanted wanted me to do something else. Mm-hmm. You know, that's very common with yeah. Asian parents as well. But like, they they appreciated me. They supported me and. I'm sure they asked me as to why I wanted to do it mm-hmm. and I just probably gave them some sort of logical answer like I just wanted to cook that's my passion mm-hmm. or I wanted to do drama like I'm always like a dramatic person like I feel like yes. um, you know just fucking act or whatever like yeah. just do some shit like that so yeah are you the same person at home and no. the same person no. that we kind of know you no. as 100% not why maybe to a certain degree after I pop like you know I'm a joker Mm-hmm. And I joke with my parents as well. Yeah. So maybe I'm not too different when I'm at home, but when and when I'm at outside of home. But I feel like to a certain degree, I'm more. I act more responsible when I'm around my parents. At the same time, they don't get to see that side of me where I'm just like, I don't know, whoever I am. Yeah, like a dickhead. What about amongst your siblings or your cousins? Uh, are you that joker person as well I am I am but I'd say that I'm pretty uh, I can be serious as well mm. I definitely think my friends group I'm like just a clown mm. and then take her down a notch when I'm with my cousins I'm just like less of a clown and then when I'm with my parents I can be a clown but usually just like I'm the son mm. you know, because I'm the I'm the eldest of the family so right do yeah. you feel like you have that responsibility to be more I guess proper I don't think it's a conscious thing maybe it's just like an innate like yeah. growing up because I have one other sibling and just growing up taking care of him maybe that kind of developed and built how I need to be around him over time just got shaped and mm-hmm. formed over time mm-hmm. so I wouldn't talk to you like the way I talk to my brother like it's not like it's not like 100% it's not like a dramatic dif- a drastic difference yeah. it's just that there's a certain way that I would carry myself and like I'm not uptight when I'm around my parents and my family mm. it's just I'm different you know, what I mean? like my, if my dad was sitting in this room right now, I would just want to, like, you know, what I mean? I would, I would, are we using proper English? No, 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 I wouldn't. But like, I'll be, you know, I'll be different. I'm not sure if your dad was here. Would you act different? Um, I feel like I think it's different because I don't think my dad understands a lot of the stuff that I say anyway because yeah. there is like a, a bigger language barrier. Yeah, but. I don't, I wouldn't say I would act too different. That's to kind of clarify. I don't think I change in personality, but I hold back. You tone it down, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you were to describe your group of friends in yeah. school being like, say the popular kids, yeah. 
the nerds, whatever, like let's just think generic group terms, what would you describe them? I don't think my like my character is what led to my the friend circle. Okay. So when I first started in year seven, year eight, the crowd that I hung out with was is different to what I eventually stuck to until we graduated. So the crowd that I was hanging around, it came about because we were in the same class. I right. Like, you know what I mean? Like I feel like you would develop naturally, you being in a room with the same people for five days a week for the whole year, just naturally you build that um, that bond. Eventually as to the group I hang out I hung out in high school the majority of the time. I had a mate that I hung out with in primary. We came from the primary same primary school and then we went to our alternate high school, which is the high school that we all go to, right? right. Um, and I kind of stuck with him and then eventually he um, had friends in the group that I ended up with in majority of high school um, through games. So they met through As games. In online games? Yeah, online games. It's right. called Dota. I'm not sure if it was Dota okay. 1 or Dota 2, but at some so point. So you're a fucking yeah. nerd. Yeah, well, th- these guys were, like, that game was like a cool game. Like a, oh, like okay. a big boys game. You know what I mean? Right. Not like Farmville or some shit. <laughs> if you know Dota 2 or Dota 1, like, you know, you know the type of crowd that you hung out with. For sure. Um, and then essentially he, they, they, like, they met online and then he shifted groups. I was like, hey, bro, come join me. And then that's eventually, that's eventually where we led to and how we call ourselves like the forest boys like in high school right and we just hung around the forest <laughs> like a lot of mulch and trees you know what I mean so like and then, I yeah. forgot that you guys were called that actually yeah, the forest, forest boys, boys. yeah, yeah. Not the, and we weren't we weren't the popular kids but we weren't the good kids and obviously within that I was going to that, say yeah I was going to say I feel like my perception of that group was quite rebellious yeah but the thing is that group was big enough that it had like subgroups right or maybe one or two or three subgroups Mm-hmm. And yes, even like even hang, hanging around with who you you could say like the weren't the right people, like there was still like a separation. And can I say like people would think that that group would like be formed of like not necessarily the good people, but they. What I learned was that those people, um, they're not like uptight. They don't have nothing like anything to lose, and they just look like, very honest people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I have your back. You have my back, sort of shit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that's something that I've always felt that. That's the light that we were shone upon, if that makes sense, that mm-hmm. throughout high school, that we weren't the good crowd, but like the people that you have in that group are like they're just genuine people. Yeah. Wherever they are in life now, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Phony toilet. Does that ring a bell? Phony toilet. Let's go. <laughs> Can you tell us and everyone about phony toilet? Yeah. So going back to how I was saying that growing up, I always wanted to do some sort of, some form of entertainment. So whether it's an actor, which in this case, Phony Toilet was that name that I came up with in high school, which became my YouTube name. Like I spent a lot of my time in my, even to this day, just watching YouTube. Like I wasn't really on social media much. Um, just watching YouTube. So eventually in year, I want to say year 11, I created a YouTube name called Phony Toilet. My first name being Anthony, like Anthony and Phony. Okay. So somehow it just became Phony, right? Gotcha. And toilet, my last name, like, there's like, it's spelled differently, but you can, the the jargon is, the, oh, not the jargon, oh. but the the translation is that it translates into toilet. Gotcha. So that's how I came up with the name phone and toilet. Again, I always had that innate feeling that I wanted to some sort of fucking entertainment. Um, so that happened. So sometime in year 10 or year 11, um, one of my friends invited me to like a party. It might even be year 10 or year 9, like one of them, one, at some point in time. 
He invited me to a birthday party, and you know how birthday parties were back then. Like you have to ask your parents for a lift, and they drop you off. <laughs> yeah. And for some reason, I couldn't that particular day. I think I didn't have a lift or some shit like that. Okay. The friend that invited me to this birthday party, he knew that I was always wanted to do like YouTube and that type of entertainment, because yeah, we were we were like that back then. So rather than not coming to his birthday party, I was like, bro, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna make a yeah fucking YouTube video. I'm gonna dedicate dedicate this to you, because we always talk about like, I'm like oh, I really want to do YouTube. I really want to YouTube. Between me and him, I was like to him, all right, I'm going to make I'm gonna make a YouTube video. I'm going to miss out on your party, bro. Sorry about that. But I'm going to kick back. I have this idea about a YouTube video. And I made the YouTube video on a shitty camera using like Windows like movie editor. I recorded the video and I edited it. And I, I think I uploaded it the next day. Which the people around me kind of knew. I feel like, did you know that I wanted to be like entertainment? My understanding of your whole YouTube stuff was that... Like this fucking clown. Yeah, like it was attached to the fact that you wanted to be funny, so you made like funny videos. I don't think I ever looked too deep to be like, he wants to entertain, he wants yeah. to be an entertainer. It's definitely like, I definitely wanted to be more entertaining than be funny. Right. And funny was just a tool that I had to entertain. Mm-hmm. So on that week that I couldn't make it to the birthday party, made that YouTube video, uploaded it. I'm, I'm not sure at this time it was a Bebo or like Facebook or MySpace, whatever yeah. it may be. Uploaded it and like the views start tracking in, right? Like, so the first maybe one now I've got 10 views viral yeah I'm like bro like if you it's if this gone viral guys if, it's 10 views if this if this continues for another 24 hours I'm gonna have 240 views <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. so like it started raking and then the week after I had like a trend I did I, I remember specifically I did this um, YouTube stuff for 4 weeks wow. because I would upload weekly yeah so the first week I uploaded the first video and then concurrently I read the week after recorded a second video updated uh, edited it and uploaded it and by the, by the fourth week essentially i had a thousand views per video and oh, by then like oh. youtube had a shit t- like a thousand is a lot like, you know what I mean? especially as a local boy like the, you can only imagine that the, the views were local now whether the videos were like sh- like good or not like putting that aside like i felt like i definitely felt like i could have taken it somewhere something happened and then i just fucking deleted all the videos can like, you tell me about what happened so like someone that i knew essentially came up to me and said like fuck like why are you doing this shit it's so embarrassing and this is a person like you know what i mean like their opinion does not really matter to me anymore do they matter to you at the time no, were they a friend no. they weren't like a close friend but like they were like a friend to a certain degree like not a friend but like a if you had to say like an acquaintance but essentially he came up to me like bro you shouldn't be doing this shit it's so embarrassing and then this kind of ties back to the fact that we hung out with the wrong crowd what i mean by, by the wrong crowd is that this is how i felt but like we had to kind of upkeep this like gangster thing like, we weren't gangsters, we weren't gangsters, but we had to be cool, right? And for me to be on YouTube and kind of acting like a clown, like, it's fucking embarrassing in, his, in this person's eyes. So I was like, oh, fuck. This, uh, for some reason, I took it too hard. Like, now I don't give a shit. Like, I just do whatever. Obviously, you just grow out of it. Mm-hmm. But when he said that, I, thought, I literally thought about it. Went home, deleted all my videos. I was like, fuck, that's the end of it. I don't know, maybe I just, I had a good time in a way. Like, so it wasn't, it's whatever. I, I didn't talk to this person anymore. Um, but yeah, so that's essentially what led me to delete all my YouTube videos. And I literally, like a couple of years later, I tried to find those videos. And you know how to say, like, once you delete, when you, once you put something online, you can't delete it. Guess what? Those 40 videos, <laughs> I, I fucking deleted it. I spoke to YouTube, I'm like, hey, I was the owner. Like, can I please, like, get these videos back? And they told me, no, it's deleted. Mm. So that's a lie when they say, like, you can't delete shit off the internet because I deleted my four, my four YouTube videos. Yeah. Is that something that you regret? I don't think I, maybe, I don't know. I haven't really looked into it. Maybe it was just a phase where like one of my dreams died. Mm. 
you know like I did I've kind of recently done a bit of reflecting and kind of there's a lot of things in life where at least for myself like you just make sacrifices yeah. you know what I mean you kind of put things aside and just like fucking follow, follow the rat race mm. which is kind of as to why so you know you're ten, going back to that question like I did like uh, drama cooking and then something ticked in me where I had to like be super focused and be serious in life which led to me in year 11, year 12, like just choosing like the really hard subjects, at least to me at the, the time. The one that scales well or yeah. whatever. Yeah, like, so I did what? Physics, chemistry, modern history, and engineering. Yeah, like I'm not, I can't, I can't like specifically pinpoint what led me to be just kind of the shift in that character. But definitely year 11, year 12 was a time period where I just kind of dropped my, I was still, I was still a clown, but I just like hyper-focused on the next step. Which might, which might have stemmed from the fact that once high school is over, you're into the adult life. And if I wasn't going to sort myself then, I just wasn't too sure where I was going to end up. Naturally, I'm like a super anxious person. Mm. Like you might not be able to tell me. I'm just like, I have this constant anxiety, like making sure that whatever happens next needs to, I need to be okay. So you look, so year 11 and year 12 was like a really hard time for me because I, this, this ADHD, ADD kid, like that was just super hyper in class had to put down the book and just fucking go through it, just go ham. I definitely went through some shit back during the senior years because it just wasn't me. Mm. Like it just wasn't part of my character to be just kind of, uh, I don't know, whatever, just studying away or, or whatnot. But I just felt I, I needed it because that was going to set me up for the for what happens after high school. What would you rate your high school experience from, out of 10? from year 7 to year 10, it was like a solid seven and a half, eight. Like, you didn't really have a worry other than your assignments and shit, but, like, it was all routine. You didn't really have to think about anything. Like, you're wearing, you're wearing the same uniform every day, mm. which to this, like, still gets me anxiety, like, just having to choose, like, certain outfits. Now none of that was, was a thing in high school. And, like, one of, like, routine, like, you had a timetable, you go to the class, you do your shit, you mm. take homework, you do assignments, you go home and rinse and repeat, and it's, it's, it's the same thing. Yeah. So it was, it was essentially structured. Once we kicked into our senior years... So year 11, year 12, and kind of going back to what I said earlier that I just had to be hyper-focused. And in hindsight, or looking back, like I, was, I wasn't I was in a good space. I think mentally, yeah. Like it just wasn't me. I wasn't I wasn't burnt out. Maybe I was burnt out. Like, But part of me felt like this, this shit isn't me. One way I dealt with that was just kind of, under, the subjects I chose were of interest to me. And just being good at what, what I had elected just kind of got me through that. But in, in high school, like specifically year 11, year 12, I'm sure like I, was, I was definitely going through some sort of depression. Like I remember one thing that stuck with me was that, you know how we had like the school just like celebrate for the whole day and they were bringing in like food trucks and shit. You remember what that was called? What? Open, not open, open day. day? No, that wouldn't be. Well, they would, like the whole, like, like fun day? Yeah, <laughs> like no. carnival day. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah they, would do like, they would do like every year, but at some point in time they did it every second year because something happened and then yeah. we were told to like the seniors were we, we were given specific roles you remember that yes and no a bit yeah yeah so like everyone was like it was a it was a free day for everyone everyone dressed up in mufti like mm. in like casual clothes i'm just there rocking up in like school uniform because i didn't you, know, you I just didn't want to be like getting involved yeah just i think bare minimum just like get through life and stuff that, that was just an occasion but i just thought about it like, the reason why i did it was because maybe because maybe because that I just didn't appreciate where I was in life at that time. From year seven, year ten, let's say a seven and a half, during like your year eleven, year twelve, I'd probably say like a four. Can you tell me a bit more about what 
anxiety means to you, what it feels like. I don't think I actually realized I had anxiety until like very, very recent. I felt like it took a lot of energy and a lot of thought for me to go out to hang out. And I thought that was because I was an introvert. Like I thought that was the reason why I f- it was such a deal to me to go out and hang out with my friends. That's probably a part, like a partial reason, but a part of that is also the anxiety. Like, hey, choosing an outfit, keeping like the conversation going, being outside. Mm. So you're like, fuck, you know when you go to the city and you go for drinks? Like, oh, fuck, I don't want to go to the city. Mm. I don't want to think about how I want to go home. Like, it's going to be 4 o'clock a.m. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you think about the last train. I don't want to think about the last train. Uber, bitch. How you, well, during then, we didn't have money. Like, so, oh, okay, like, yeah. You know, yeah. We, we, now we have adult money, so we yeah. catch Uber. Yeah. But we didn't have adult money back then. Mm. We had, like, Centrelink money. So it's like, which is the same yeah, thing. Like two two hundred fifty dollars a fortnight, you're spending money on whatever. It's like hundred fifty bucks on Uber. Like fuck, yeah. Uber, that's gonna eat into to no money that I don't have. You know what I mean? So, uh, just stuff like that. So anxiety. Now I'm kind of realizing that just there's like I'm just a very anxious person. I deal with it like I think I deal with it, deal with it pretty well. Is it that constant thought? Like you, you just kind think, of just you just have to, to think about a lot of things. Mm. You know what I mean? If we can get to my ankles later, but like just having to think about sh- shit like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Mm. Just, having to, just having to think about it. Did you have anxiety throughout your most of your adult life up until now? I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. But I think it became more apparent like from your later years in high school to, to now. In the time that I've known you, I feel like you were always the type of person to come out with us and then dip for six months and then come out again and then dip and then come out. I want to know what the context of that was for you, why you felt like you did that. Now knowing that, it's probably a big factor is anxiety and depression. Can you talk a little bit about that? I think it all started back in year 11, year 12. Like I said, I was in a phase in life where yeah, I just, I'm not too sure what had happened, but definitely depression during that time kicked off. And then I just super focused, studying, probably burnt myself out for these two years, if I'm getting good grades and leading to where I am today. Talking to my past, for you to study two years, like, like just fuck yourself in the head. <laughs> and then, congratulations, you got your HSC, there's another four years and five years of H, uh, uni. I'm like, fuck, yeah. this is not me. Like, right. why am I studying this shit? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, but I think like definitely high school had some sort of impact and then just naturally over time I just had like this depression like just this underlying depression because for me it, it takes zero effort to go out with friends you know mm. what I mean whereas I, I really have to think about it to go out with friends so what's the easy way just don't think about it don't do it don't go out so for years from let's say it probably peaked when I was like maybe 20 20 21 22 just like what you were saying, like I'll literally go through seasons of depression, mm. and it would specifically tie tie to winter, like you know the quarter seasons. Mm. That's when you want to see me for six week, uh, six months. Mm-hmm. I would just go dead quiet, mm. and like some of my friends would, like my friends would reach out and say, like, "Hey, bro, are you alright?" That's how bad it got. Like they just would not hear about me f- for that longest period. So I think that period of my life, is, period of my life is like kind of I'm moved away from that. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like now I make a conscious effort to. To, to hang out with friends whether it be friends or workmates I'm like just do that let's just do that because underlying I know that at some point in time in my phase of life that that was a thing that now I wouldn't appreciate in right. myself 
when you do make that effort to go, let's say you're having a battle with if you're wanting to go out or yeah. not, and then you do make that effort to go afterwards, you're like, I'm really happy that I made that decision. 100%. 100%. Going to the city is like, it's very draining for me. But like, for me to just be there and have a really good time with friends, like, fuck, I'm enjoying this. Like, we should do this more often. And then once the night is over, I'm like, oh, I need to recharge for two weeks. Right. Let's do it again. Yeah. Like, right now, in my phase in life, like, I'm just hanging, I'm hanging out a lot with my workmates. You know what I mean? Because the week is like, you work for one, two weeks straight, get hammered in the head. Mm. Let's go for bevs. Like, we do mm. bevs like once or twice every fortnight. So mm. it's a good time just to deload mm-hmm. and just kind of take you back or take you away from that round of five, that rat race. From what I'm getting and from what I'm hearing, I feel like you're very self reflective now and that you can look back on your past and learn a lot from it and see meaning through everything that you've gone through as well, all your experiences. Was there a, a certain point in time that allowed you to feel the way that you do now? So when I was, um, you know, right after high school, right? Like mm-hmm. everyone traveled and shit. So I did a bit of traveling. Let's say I did a bit of exploring into certain sub, sub, substances. I'm not going to delve into what. Certain, I've tried certain things that kind of opened up my third eye. So with the substances plus like the way I am, kind of has enabled me to do a lot of re- reflecting whether it's to a certain point of whether it's healthy or not that's that's kind of like another question but like i've done a lot of self-reflecting as to identify why a who i am and just being like super logical about things i'm not i'm of the belief that you are who you are because of the people who you were around when you first when you were young because like you when you like you're like clay when you're young right certain things certain people shape who you are mm-hmm. which particularly happens when you're growing up in the house like the, I feel like you're the at least for me I am who the person I am today because of the people that I grew up with let's say for example I I am who I am because of the people around my life and my brother is for example the person who he is because of the people he hung around in, when he was let's say my family right mm-hmm. but then he had the addition of me if that oh, makes sense yeah yeah so let's say in my family if I break it if I which as a part of my self exploration as to who I am so my, my dad my mum, my my grandfather and my grandma and my brother. When I when I look at these people in my life in the early years, there's certain traits that I kind of identify them as. Okay. So for example, my dad, he's like a very cheeky person. Like he's just like he's all he's like um, easygoing, mm-hmm. and he's always like cracking jokes. At least in Vietnamese, like around his friends, like he's always like the. So he's the clown. He's I not guess. the clown, but he's like just like casual and just okay. like really cheeky. Yeah. Right. And then, for example, my brother, he's like the, for me, the re- rebellious type. Like, for me, I always want to be, you know what I mean? I, I always want to be in control. Like, I, don't, I want to you know want to what, what's happening next, next right? Yeah. I never want to be not irresponsible, but just it just has to make sense okay. what I'm doing next. Whereas yeah. my brother, he's like a very rebellious type of guy. Like, he would do shit. I'm like, I'll, I'll just tell him, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing this? Mm. Like, why, why are you... But I don't have examples now, but like he would just do. I'll I'll Why see him as bitches and getting yeah, money, bro. yeah. No, but I see my brother as like a rebellious type, and a part of anything I do, and that kind of grows on me. Like anything, because I'm just such a logical person. Like I just have to be in my safe space, which probably ties back from my anxiety. That I just I just need to understand the situation for me to be comfortable. So that's my brother, my dad, and then my mum. Like she's probably like the the strength. Like she's just like kept because my family is all of boys like just me and my brother my dad and my mom so she's probably the strength mm-hmm. my grandma is probably the caring 
So growing up as a kid, we live we lived in a government housing, mm-hmm. and then my parents had me when I was pretty young. So my parents lived with my grandparents. You know, they had siblings and whatnot. A lot of my family in Australia is from my mum's side. Yeah. So they had me when they were pretty young. So I suppose naturally, maybe they weren't ready. I never delved into it. I never asked why. But we just ended up in my parent, uh, my grandparents' house, which which isn't the house. It's the government's house, yeah. um, which they were given when they were or under lease or whatever. When they came over, when my grandparents um, came from Vietnam right before high school, that we moved out from my grandparents mm-hmm. like I just spent most of my time growing up with those people and that's something that I realised very very recently just character yeah like who I am today yeah because like it, it's an interesting point that you and my grandpa oh, oh sorry. yeah my grandpa sorry yeah I thought about my grandpa there's a fifth person yeah my, my grandpa's very technical like okay. for example around the house he will always fix shit okay which I feel like if you were put if you were to put me in a room with a Rubik's Cube I wouldn't be able to solve it but like there's certain things I could do in the room that just it's very like just, just some sort of intuition. How do you say it? not innovative, but you know, in that sense, which essentially led me to my engineering, what I'm doing in engineering now. Yes, I completely agree with you. Where you are largely like a product of your upbringing. Hundred percent, yeah. If your family situation or if your family dynamic was a little bit different, do you think that you would have pursued like a different career, or do you? Yeah, hundred percent. Like, I feel like when I when people identify me, I'm not the funny guy. Mm. And that, I definitely got that wittiness and that charisma and that just that, that character from my dad. He was never too serious in life, but he made it clear to me that I needed to grow up to be like a, like be a gentleman. You know what I mean? Like, you need to have your, your eyes on the prize. Like, don't be a fucking junkie. Mm. Like, he always made it clear when I was young. And like, you know, he just kind of innately drew that into me. Mm-hmm. No drugs. No tattoos, like the, the typical things that would lead one to that image, right? Yeah. Like even if I wrote, like, let's say I'm in class, I had to write a note, didn't have a pen, I uh, didn't have a, pe- a piece of paper to write some shit on, I'll write it on my hand, right? Go home, my dad would tell me off. <laughs> it's like, why the fuck are you writing on your skin? Yeah. Which my logic is that he doesn't want me to tie these words on, on my hand like a note yeah. to tattoos. Yeah. So mm. if I'm going to have a tattoo, he'll whip my ass like, mm. like no tomorrow. Like he wouldn't whip me, but like he would just... I think it's, be disappointed. I think then also it comes down to your personality, right? Because, like, let's say if my parents, yeah. very similar thing. Like, maybe not to the extent of, you know, like, don't draw on your hands or whatever or yeah. arms. But my, I feel like my mum was always, always like, no tattoos, no piercings, yeah. all that. But because of the person that I am, I feel like I, you know, like I still... That's it. Have you probably you probably had someone else in your life that kind of yeah kind of instilled in you that you have this not rebellion but for me you have freedom you do you know? have freedom hundred yeah. percent but like yeah then it's, it's certain things you value as well like you value your tattoo but for me I don't for a tattoo like will just be there like I don't value it mm-hmm. and what's the point there's like the 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 let's say if I got a tattoo the level of disappointment that would bring to my parents is not worth it to me would you say that you're a very non confrontational person. Or you if avoid I don't need conflict? to be. Do you avoid conflict? I don't. I avoid unnecessary conflict because again, it adds no value to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? If I'm like driving down and some guy cuts me off, I'll be pissed for a second and then I'll move on. Like, what's the point? Getting, like, I recently like realized this. So like, why have a split second moment ruin your fucking day? You know what I mean? Facts. Coming off, bro. I don't give a fuck. As long as you're not driving super slow and like it's a one lane road, right? <laughs> then I'll get pissed. But like, yeah. I'll just move on quickly because it doesn't add value to my situation. Mm. Like my mind is like, 
limited. Mm. I don't need like negative thoughts in my mind, mm. right? So I'll just move on to the next. Like, yeah. So I avoid unnecessary confrontation because I just can't put up with the shit that comes with it, the mental mm. stuff, because it's very draining. But think of know. think of it like this: the fact that you can control those feelings mm. knows that you're in control of yourself. Mm. That makes you a stronger person. Like, why let a moment slip and just fucking get to your head? Because at the end of the day, this person is going to be never be seen ever in your life. Like, you know, you, you will never see that car again unless it's like a Corolla. And you'll see it pop up again, like <laughs> the next car, right? But like, fuck, like, it, ma- it makes me feel like shit. It's I'm so pissed irrelevant. off. Like, yeah. why? why the fuck does it matter? Yeah. Like, let's, let's, let's work on the things that you appreciate in life and the things that you don't appreciate. Mm. Shift it aside. Like, yeah. I can probably build on that because growing up, I was like a very emotional person. In the mm. sense that I couldn't control my emotions. Okay. Like certain events in my life where I just fucking had out, like an outburst, mm. and then I felt like at the time it was just better to just hold it back, just being in control of it, because it makes you feel like shit afterwards. Mm. Which is okay. Like you can have outbursts and stuff. Because when you have an outburst, right? Mm. Like I'm sure at some point in time, like you will have a moment, not a moment of regret. For example, like let's say going back to your, and I have to say like when when I listen to your brother's you. When your brother was on the podcast, right? You know how you said to your brother, like you said some mean shit to your brother? Mm. Like I, I think you said like a text message when he was going through something. Yeah. And you had an outburst, right? Mm. But then after that, you felt like, you felt really, like you regret like remorse and then yeah. you, you cried on that podcast. Yeah. That's something that I, by controlling my emotions, it's just, I, I avoid that stuff. But that's okay. Whatever happened to you, it's okay, but <laughs> you've learned from me. that. Like you can, you learn from that, like there's remorse, there's regret. And you won't do that again. Mm. Oh, yeah, I hope not. So you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, you're just learning because, but tying back to the reason why I kind of control my emotions because the shit that when I was younger, just a lot of things that happened was just outbursts. Mm. Could be could be trauma. I don't know. Yeah. But just like when, when, when something bad happens to you and you know the situation is bad, you just try to avoid it. Have you gone through anything traumatic or something traumatic I don't think when so. you were younger? Not like nothing that I can remember, but just certain, let's just say, oh, one event I remember was like let's say my cousin was bullying me and I just this is an older cousin like way older and I just lost my shit mm. I was like fuck give me a knife I want to kill myself right oh, no. I didn't actually want to kill myself I was, okay. yeah I cut my like I, he brought out like another cousin brought out a knife I tried to cut my toes <laughs> I was like if, Wait, I cut, what? if I if I cut my toes off, I won't die <laughs> so, so you were still strategic about it <laughs> I, I don't know I was like fuck I don't want to slit my throat so so let's say so that older cousin had a brother right and i was just going through this because he was fucking was bullying me i was like i got sick of it mm. so i had this outburst i was like well, i just want to fucking kill myself right oh, no. so the older brother goes to the younger brother all right go to the kitchen get a knife and he'll do it like he won't fucking do it so this younger brother walks into the kitchen pulls out a knife it's like a proper fucking knife what the yeah. fuck and the older brother's like what the fuck are you doing go get a plastic knife <laughs> So he fucking trots along, goes into the kitchen, pulls up like you know the shitty barbecue chicken, like at the like, at the picnics, so sh- yeah. the, sh- the one that barely cuts like sausages. Yeah. So he pulls that knife and I just fucking start going ham on my toe. He's like, oh, all right, stop. So that's like maybe that's, that's like an an an, an, uh, an emotional outburst that I recall, mm. and it's stuck with me with life, yeah, you know, through life. But there's I'm sure there's certain things I I don't remember. Did you experience? bullying in school or when you were younger and how did you tackle that so, so through primary school and high school i don't i feel like i wasn't bullied at least i wasn't bullied by the, the by the grade that i was surrounded by i was bullied by older kids mm. so in year let's say year five 
in year six. So in year five, it was probably the first instance where I got bullied by like the older kids and fucking, you know, older kids can be. It just got bullied. I don't know. Just picked on me for no apparent reason. But, you know, growing up, I didn't really experience bullying. Like, I felt like I was kind of stuck with the crowd. Like, not the popular crew, but like just the cool kids. That kind of developed because I just innately just being or having the ability to be funny. You know what I mean? Like, if you're funny, like, you just click with other people and you form friendships and you go through life like that. Like, I feel like I can connect with people easily. <laughs> Otherwise, if I didn't have, like, that, that social skill, I feel mm. like I'll be in a shit, shit space. Like, growing mm. up as a big boy, like a chubby kid, mm. like, kids will be... You know, you know how kids could be? Just fucking throw stones to those who seem vulnerable because yeah. just to make yourself feel better. Speaking of, I guess, your physical appearance when you were younger... Yeah. Can you speak more about it? In the sense that, can, like, you, can you ask the question? She's asking me why I'm fucking fat. <laughs> why I've always been fat in my whole life. I fucking did not ask that. Pretty much though, like just just to, like you know. But I'm more asking not not why you were like a chubby kid or whatever. Yeah. More so, like did that have any impact on you know you as a person, your confidence? Always being being the biggest kid in your let's say your grade or your school it's not an easy thing like again just kids fucking throw stones away but I dealt with that connected with other people by just being funny but yeah it was definitely like a, like a feeling that I always had growing up like even uh, like a best friend I had back in primary school I would put that doubt on him I was like, oh, I'm, like I'm fat like I'm, I'm just a fat kid like yada 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 and he was saying you're fat but you're funny <laughs> you know what I mean? like, people love funny people <laughs> so like, I'm like oh fuck yeah I'm funny and like, Fuck being fat, you know what I mean? Like, I'm super yeah. funny. So I was just kind of built on that. Like, yeah. Yeah, but not really. Just, mm. It never affected me in, in any other way. Mm. Maybe other than relationships. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, just never being in a relationship with another the opposite gender. Sort of thing, so. <laughs> why is that? Like, do you think... Is the reason why you are single because of some type of, like... Yeah, appearance. Being a big kid in the room. Not attractive. But I don't... So you think that being bigger equals not being attractive? I think so. Maybe at least in high school or primary school. High school, that happened. What about now? Now, I'm not looking. Like, I just need to work on myself. And mm. we can bring up the ankles thing again later. But like, for me, how I say a relationship is that you need... It's a two-way road. Mm. Like, you need to put in the effort and they need to put in the effort. Mm-hmm. At the moment, I can't commit to providing the effort because I'm just dealing with my own shit. Right, like going through life, like from high from high school to uni, just fucking grinding away, mm. like not focus, not having the ability to focus on that. Now, do you think that would you equate being overweight? Yeah, equals unattractiveness. Yes, to a degree, but I think that my ability to like connect with people would get me across the line. Yeah, but then I'm I'm at the starting I'm at the the start of the race because I'm just working on myself. Right. Now, whether I'm not using that as an excuse, I don't know. Mm. But for me, I know that, you know, I'm, I'm not going to download Tinder or fucking Bumble mm. because I'm not ready. I'm not chasing. I mm. just, if if tomorrow I can be a better person, mm. right, let's go for it. Like, that's my that's my priority at the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you saw someone else who was overweight, yeah. would you deem them as un- them as unattractive? Uh, I was lying if I, if I said no. Really? Yeah, but it's like, it's shallow for me to think like that. Mm. Like, if I click with a person, like, I've, like, through life, I've, I feel like I've had feelings for s- certain people. It's just because how I click with them. They're not the hottest in the room. Yeah. It's just like, 
so down like, I don't know, whatever I appreciate certain things like so down to earth or whatever like just being able to communicate mm-hmm. so going back on the flip side I feel like now my appearance doesn't matter so much it's just that there's certain things that I need to work on yeah. to have a have a relationship that's that's all it comes down mm. to like and like going back to the the when I said that I was like depressed and stuff like mm. I wasn't able to maintain a relationship with my friends mm. you know because I would just stick out for six months go Mia for six months how the fuck would you maintain yeah. a relationship you know with what I mean like yeah so that's something I'm also working on now like just upkeeping my relationship whether it's like work people mm. was my friend circle mm. my family like just it's a conscious thing that I'm working through mm-hmm. you know because of what whatever happened like several years ago I think like just the older you get as well your perspective on things change right yeah and they naturally like progress into something bigger mm-hmm. like when you're younger yeah especially maybe if you've never been in a relationship as well you have an ideal person that you have in mind of like who you want to date and whatever but the older that you get and i feel like when you're younger for the most part it's very surface level yeah. and superficial yeah 100 whereas when you're older you realize in learning more about yourself that it there is so much to a person than how they look yeah because you appreciate that like looks yeah. can only last forever right yeah whereas, and it sounds like, fucking so stupid but we are so much more than like our human form yeah, so that's, so that's what I'm hedging on. The fact that my personality <laughs> can get me a partner. <laughs> Putting aside my my physique. So, yeah, but like I said, I'm not ready. Yeah. No, fair enough. Tell me what your ideal partner looks like. Looks like being like who they are. Not physically look like. Oh, like who they are? Yeah, what does that look like to you? What is an ideal partner? Like someone that I can connect with. Mm. Be smart. That I can connect with. It's like I'm not running the relationship. It's a two way thing. Yeah, and I don't appreciate people who are like shallow. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you knocking people down to make yourself feel better? Mm-hmm. Um, just be like a very genuine person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I support you, you support me, sort of stuff. And be smart. Because that's the only way I can keep conversation. And not be superficial. I'm not chasing those handbags. You know what I mean? How certain people chase handbags mm. and like social media and like fucking be it like an influencer or whatever it is. Like it just turns me away. Mm. Mm. I just want to be humble. Yeah, like facts. Me, like a, me, me a humble lady. <laughs> is anyone out there that's humble and not superficial and not chasing handbags? Let us know. I'll, I'll not drop, in the area, bro. I, not in the area. I'll drop, I'll drop my handle. <laughs> um, could you see yourself ever doing YouTube now? So rather than going back to YouTube as my um, as my next target, um, like I think what I want to do next is just stand up comedy. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're not you're not being super silly, which I don't mind. Like YouTube, I will do it, mm. but just at the moment, I just don't think that that's where where I should be at. But I think the next challenge that I need to do is just be a stand up comedian. Mm-hmm. Just ch- get chucked into the deep end, get that anxiety flowing and mm. see where that takes me because mm-hmm. that's for me stand-up comedy is a form of entertainment so that ticks the box I'm, i can be funny sometimes that ticks the box <laughs> one one plus one equals two you know what i mean but i think Does at the it? moment yeah so i think at the moment i just need to get across that line where i commit set myself that goal and just yeah just fucking do it mm. and someone did say oh i should be a stand-up comedian so that kind of like oh fuck it was a snowflake that kind of led to the avalanche sort of thing that's mm-hmm. where I'm at anyway. yeah. I feel like you are 
funny, but very unintentionally funny. Yeah, witty. Yeah, I think that's very witty. witty. It's just not fake. I don't know. Yeah. It's not. It's not like a <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're fucking pissing yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And like my humor is never at the cost of someone else. If anything, yeah. it's at the cost of me. Mm-hmm. And like when you go through anxiety, having like doubts of how you look and how you appear, mm-hmm. like you don't throw stones when you're in a glass house. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like. If you think on a spectrum that you're on the lower end, mm. why why not someone else to make them feel shit? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you don't you don't do that. So mm. my humor is more like either at my cost or just at no no one's cost. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not here to say oh, Jennifer, you have a monobrow. <laughs> <laughs> what station does that lead to? Like, no, like, I'm not gonna say that. I'm just saying that as an example, right? But I will never do that because. <laughs> Like, Jennifer can laugh it off, but that might make her feel like shit. And she, by the way, she doesn't have a monorail. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, it doesn't She's going to fucking cry now. <laughs> oh, fuck, she's pulling out tweezers, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, like, yeah, so, like, you don't... When, when you're self-doubting yourself, you just don't make... And you certain things that could make you feel shit, you don't make other people feel shit. Like that's something mm. I realized also. Don't you throw stones when you're in a glass house, baby, because people see your your faults and and your um, downfalls and facts. Drop yeah. that fucking mic, that's bro. It. That's a mic drop. Yeah. So yeah. So that, I think stand up comedy is like my next next endeavor. Uh, endeavor. Mm. A couple of years ago. Yeah. You gave me. <laughs> An envelope with my current weight. Your current, your weight at the time. Yeah. Can you talk to me about your weight loss journey, fitness journey, yeah. and everything like that? Okay. So I think going back to. Can I just preface as well? So I feel like I can't remember the specifics, but I feel like you gave me that because you were like, "I'm gonna lose weight. Yeah. I'm only gonna tell you what my." Yeah weight is he gave it to me in an envelope which yeah. i still have it has a sad face on it does it <laughs> yeah. oh yeah that's a fair my fucking sausage fingers <laughs> like i'm panting as a right like <laughs> yeah there was like beads uh sweat beads on the paper yeah it smells like crispy cream I can't know. <laughs> like shit yeah talk to me about um it. i feel like you were a person that wouldn't judge you know what I, mean? I feel like i could i trust you like you wouldn't be and you wouldn't judge me as a person and like you'll fucking support me because I feel like going back to the, what we were saying what you what we were talking about earlier in high school and how we met and like we didn't really click in high school but it wasn't it was after the fact or after high school that way we bonded as a group like we you know who the group we're talking about that mm-hmm. we bonded through fitness mm-hmm. and I'm not too sure if I if I gave you that note after or before but I feel like I gave it to you once that group was already established and outside of that group I was just talking to you about fitness and stuff mm-hmm. so I don't know. I don't know what clicked. Actually, I think what clicked was I didn't have a job. Mm-hmm. I was going through uni and like I was going uni like as a necessity just to just to get a pass. So I just kind of reached a certain point where I'm like fuck, like you're obviously unhealthy. Let's just do something for yourself. I had the time. Didn't have a job. Like I said, I didn't have the job, so I didn't really have to focus on anything else. So that's when I made the focus to myself and it just kind of clicked that I did it. So I gave you that note, went ham on like, like understanding health and fitness. 
like let me ask you a question like i'm sure if you know anyone who's listening to your podcast like do people actually look at the nutrition label like do you actually know how to interpret it are you asking me that question i know you know because you know fitness i'm sure you know to a certain degree like you know like calories macros serving size and that type of shit okay so does the general population know? yeah i feel like they don't the only reason i understand how to read a nutrition label is because i got into that research and understanding for myself during that weight loss journey you know what I mean? Like, you know these fucking protein bars that say, oh, it's only X calories and it's healthy for you. Is it fucking healthy? It's like 50 calories look, look, look how small the block of fucking muesli bar is. Like, <laughs> you, can, you can go through four of them and like, you're just going back to where you were. You might as well eat a Snickers yeah. or like getting a salad from Macca's. Mm. It's, in fact, it's not fucking he- healthy food because what I focused on was just calorie counting. I wasn't macros, but I was just tracking calories. Mm-hmm. So like, to lose weight, you need to be at a caloric deficit. So mm-hmm. whatever you eat, you need to, well, whatever, you need to expend more energy than you eat. That's it. And I just kind of use that formula. And I think my weight loss journey went for eight, eight months, six, seven, eight months. Mm-hmm. Just going to the gym, knowing what to eat. To lose weight and to be healthy, it's for me like 70% diet and 30% fitness. Because to eat a, to burn off the calories in a cheeseburger takes a shit ton of effort. Mm-hmm. But to not eat a cheeseburger and eat something healthy, it's easier. You know what I mean? Like to, to burn off a cheeseburger, you need to probably run on the treadmill for an hour. Mm. But what's easier? Not not eating that cheeseburger and eating like fucking chicken breast and broccoli, mm. or run a run like an hour on a treadmill. <laughs> yeah. That's what like kind of opened up my eyes. I wasn't about crash diet. I wasn't about like pre workout. I wasn't about like weight loss, like supplements. It's just understand the fundamentals, how your body operates, and how calories work. Do you feel confident now, in comparison to where you were before? at like a higher weight or do you feel like you still are there things that you still battle now what specifically confidence wise your body wise your weight loss and your weight wise i think now so i'm still like a so f- from that weight loss i was like at my lightest like at some point in time i reached that number i never saw it again <laughs> you, you know what i mean it's like you <laughs> see you later alligator um and I never saw that weight again. Yeah. And like, I had this funny thing in high school where like, in year seven, I weighed 70 kilos. Mm. In year eight, I weighed 80 kilos. In year nine, I weighed 90 kilos. <laughs> My logic is, for every year, if I just go up by 10 kilos, I should be okay. So by fucking high school, by year 12, I'll probably weigh like 110, 120 kilos. I'm like, ah, that's all right. You're, you're weighing at a healthy pace. So that's my logic. That's my reasoning. Like, that's my excuse. Yeah. But at the moment, right now, I'm just going through like some physical, like, uh, detriment, like, physical consequences for being a big person mm. <laughs> specifically my ankles <laughs> which like, is what you've been well, which yeah, is what but, you've been hinting throughout the yeah yeah the like past. my ankles are like fucked i can't run i can walk but i deal with it the the day after and like it's gotten so bad where i dream about running i literally dream about running like i'd i'd fucking like lucid dream i'm running i feel like i'm i'm like the happiest person Aww. on the planet and like I'll just wake up I'm like oh fuck uh, guess what you can't run bro <laughs> you know what I mean oh, no. so like that this this part probably has been going on for three four years and like it just kind of eats you away mm. which kind of exaggerates my anxiety so like, you know what going out to the city like fuck man I have to find I have to catch a train I have to walk to the station and what well, why is that bus so far away from the train <laughs> I have to walk like 15 minutes mm. fuck I'll get there but like I don't want to mm. so that's something like talking back to relationships that the fact, the fact that my ankles are holding back so far in life, mm. if I resolve that, I can go into the next thing. I've kind of tick off the boxes, certain things that that I kind of self myself as a goal, like getting a good job. 
Like I've, right now, I have a good job. Once upon a time in uni, I was like, "Fuck, you know, you gotta, you gotta." That's that was the next next target. Get a good job. So now you get a good job. What's next? As a consequence, your health, your health gets fucked up. Now my my health is holding me back. So my next target is just kind of work on myself. And then once that's ticked off, and once I'm rehabilitated, maybe I'll go into a relationship because that's when I can maintain that relationship. Are you happy right now with everything that you've achieved? And do you think that after your ankles are fixed, after you get into a relationship, do you still think that you would be happy or like content or you... I think I'm okay now. Like I'm I'm okay besides the ankle. Like there's always that next goal. So once I fix my ankle, I'm going to move on to a relationship. And once I move on to the relationship, I'm going to get it. I want a house. And once I get a house, what's next? You want kids? And once you get kids, what's the next thing? You want your kids to go to school and you want your kids to grow up. So I think life is like that. Like you obviously always trying to achieve something. Yeah. I've I genuinely I've never really had got like had I mentality. I don't think like that. I don't like think deal I with think, that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't think what am I gonna do next? I feel like it will just happen. It's effectively the same I guess thought process as your goal achieving. Yeah. But for me, it's just like I don't know. Like I don't I don't necessarily have specific goals that I want to achieve. Yeah. I think it has to do a lot with my anxiety. Like mm. you need to be doing something to better yourself. Not just goal setting. Like, what are you trying to achieve? Because with anxiety, you're not comfortable with what's happening next. You don't have control. So like, I don't think you have anxiety, do you? Like, I don't think so. No. Yeah. So that's why, kind of what you were saying, like you know, it will just happen. Like mm. life, life is what it is. Mm-hmm. Whereas my anxiety kind of holds me back and has that requirement for me to think like that. Which is, I think it's okay. Like, it's whatever, right? But mm. that's just how I think about things. So, Have you thought about... <laughs> suicide? No. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. no. Okay, yeah. Have Have you thought of going to, like, therapy for it? Yeah, I've, I've seen, like, a few specialists or podiatrists. Like, I've been to several places. They told me to stretch. I'm like, fuck, I can't stretch. Like, it's such a chore. But then I just put it aside. I just, you know what I mean? Like, the best way to rehab is just to be consistent. Mm. And, like, that's something that I'm targeting in my next thing. Beyond therapy through, like, physical therapy, yeah. I'm more talking, like, therapy, like a like a psychologist or something like that. I don't think I need to see one. No? I don't think it's holding me back in life that much. Right? Right, Jennifer? <laughs> I don't think... I'm, I, I, mean, I feel like a therapist might open up a few things, but I'm not... I don't see the need for it right now. I just think if you have, yeah, like it's a good point that you make, like in the sense that you don't feel like it's holding you, if you don't feel like it's holding you back no. so much that you can't go about your day to day and yeah. like you don't have such like intrusive, intrusive thoughts that yeah. you can't overcome yourself, yeah. then yeah, like you maybe you don't need to see a therapist. Yeah. But I think therapy does more good than bad. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, just, I literally yeah. just don't see the need for it though because right. I know that I know why yeah like why is this happening to me mm. which kind of goes back to the idea like I need to be logical about things but why like let's say if I felt like shit I was super depressed and I was having like really bad thoughts mm-hmm. that's when I would check myself into not rehab but like therapy as, as to understand why mm. but I think for now in my life in my stage in life I just understand why why is this why is that why am I doing this why why am I who I am yeah like you know how like I recently like I'm going to be moving jobs the ultimate reason I, as to why I need to do what I'm doing now is because I got too comfortable. A good part of my brain says that you shouldn't be jumping the next job. 
because you're comfortable here, you're safe. This is your safe space. Mm-hmm. And that's that's my anxiety talking. Like you shouldn't be hopping out to the next next part. But another side of my brain says that you need to put yourself in the deep end mm-hmm. to further grow yourself. And plus, like you get more money and shit. But like you know what I mean? Like it's like you need to develop yourself. Mm-hmm. Like I just don't want to be there forever. Just control anxiety, baby. You know, <laughs> don't let that shit hold you back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think I'm controlling it. Okay. If you could describe to me what your like ultimate life looks like, yeah. what is that? So have a job that doesn't burn you out. What would that be? I don't know. Just, I mean, any job can burn you out, but as long as that, it doesn't take, like, you can have a separation between work and private life. Can you, you see sh- yourself doing nine to five forever? If it Maybe. wasn't, if it wasn't a job that... Like, deep down, out. no. Like, I feel like you and I, we've always discussed throughout our time that we need to start a business. We need to start our next venture. Let's fuck the nine to five. We should be doing something. So that's why when you, like, told me that you quit your nine to five, which I think was so stable, the fact that you could do that, remember when you first told me when we were at K Barbecue? Mm. I was like, fuck, it was so, I had so much respect for you. And remember when like, my eyes were tearing up because I was like two sojus deep. So two soju yeah. shots. Yeah, two soju, yeah, to clarify. <laughs> but when you told me, like, when, you, when that happened to you, I was going through that same thought, like, fuck, I hate this. I'm burning myself out. I just wanted to move on to the next thing. So when you told me that hit, like, it hit a chord. Like, mm. I was like, oh, shit, like, I'm so proud of what you're doing. Like, you're doing something that's atypical. You know what I mean? Like you're 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 throwing yourself into the deep end. You're throwing your stepping outside from your safety net and just fucking doing whatever you want to do because you're chasing your passion. Mm. And for me, I never had that um, again. My anxiety holding me back. Like, why would you put yourself in a situation where you you don't feel comfortable? But sometimes you need to do that. So that's what I'm doing now. Like just jumping jobs. Fuck. Let's see where that takes me. I'm here to chase mistakes, not regrets. Fuck. Like, what what what's the worst that could happen from a mistake? You fucking learn from it. Mm-hmm. But regret, like, you can't turn back time. Like, shit, man. The average life is, like, 80 or 90. Like, I'm I'm a quarter way there, so... I think that's, like, the motto that I'm using, like, just at the moment, like, in my life, just fucking chase reg- uh, chase mistakes, not regrets. Whereas, when I was depressed, you know what? The, the motto that I lived by was, whatever happens, happens. So, if I was a lazy fuck at home, how I felt, whatever happens, happens. It is what it is. Just, just bear with it. Mm-hmm. But now, like, you, just, you know, just have that push in myself that... Let's just be uncomfortable just onto the next yeah what what model do you live by yolo <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if i live really by a motto i don't know i feel like what what best describes like where you're at in life right now like if you if there was a saying or like a certain oh i don't know if i i have like I can tell you how I'm feeling right now. I feel yeah. like I, when I made that decision to leave and everything, I was like, I'm still young. I still have time to, to basically like fuck around. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like on the back of what you said, like I never wanted to regret not doing what I wanted to do. Um, and I think right now it, it isn't what I expected. Yeah. It truly isn't what I expected, which is also very, it's a big learning piece for me 100%, as well. Like I, Take something away from it. So this was this is what I mean. I'm not necessarily saying what you're doing is a mistake, mm. but maybe at some point in time, like what you're saying, like this isn't what you thought it meant, thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. But you're gonna take something away from it, and then you move on to your next thing, and then that experience will just be instilled in your life forever. Like shit, you don't you don't put your hand in fire twice. <laughs> you get burnt tw- once, and then you just fucking move on. You don't eat bad food twice. You eat bad. You go to a bad restaurant once. Yeah. You fucking leave a review under the name Karen, and then you just fucking move on. You don't go to, go to the to the same place twice. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, so that's why I was like so proud to you, so proud of you. Like almost, I literally almost fucking cried. Like I had to hold, I had to hold myself back. I'm like, you're fucking doing this. I'm so proud. Like yeah. I felt like maybe you were like kind of doubting yourself or feeling a certain oh, 100%. way. Oh, hundred percent. So that was that's why I was like putting my hundred percent. Like fuck, what you're doing is the right thing because you're following your heart. Mm. And your mind can come second, and then they can think of your mind can think of whatever negatives that it has to think. But like the fact that you did it, and like you said, it's not the end of the world. Like you're not gonna be on the streets yeah. tomorrow. Like you well, have that support. <laughs> actually, my side job yeah. now is. Oh, it beat! Oh, beat me five hundred. I need five hundred though. Like, yeah. So for me, like, and something that you did right was that you knew what your next step was going to be. If you just sack your nine to five and like, all right, fuck, um, I'll put my resignation letter, and by the end of the second week, you're like, oh, all right, let's let's uh let's think about what I'm gonna do. That's not how you should deal with it. Mm-hmm. So that's why me, like. I was going to do something drastic that 9 to 5 know what you're going to do next so in my current job I haven't had that freedom to to think beyond because like it's just so mentally exhausting mm-hmm. you know like my mind is all focused on work and then once I clock off at work if we're not if we're not going for evening bevs it's just resting like going to my bed just fucking going through TikTok whatever Instagram whatever watching YouTube videos recharging for the next day like I'm chasing for the weekend yeah so that's that's something that hopefully when I news, move to my next job that the the mental strain is reduced so I can at least focus on the things that I need to focus on next. But yeah, eventually I just want to yeah move out the line of five and maybe just chase on chase my own dreams or whatever that may be, which I don't know yet, mm-hmm. which is why I'm not gonna do it. Mm. So with this might like post nut clarity that I can think about what needs to be done next this is something I've asked like a lot of my workmates like did you have growing up an ideal thing that you want to do like do you have a dream job like I'm sure your dream job wasn't what you worked at a bank 9 to 5 like oh I'm, 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 when I grow up I want to be a bank teller or I want to be customer service or I want to be a fraud guy like that mm-hmm. nah, like you know what I mean like at some point in time Certain events in society has kind of pushed us to be a bit more realistic. From year nine to year ten, why did I choose a specific subjects? Those like gen ed, like, that drama, that cooking. Because at some point in time, that's where I felt my heart was. Mm. But I just had to make that sacrifice, be fucking super serious, and know that when I graduate high school, that I should have a job afterwards by being responsible. So that's something I also realized. Like, like at some point in time, we made some sort of sacrifice, put it, like dusted away our dreams, put it on the shelf, and now like. If I ask you, what's your dream when you were a kid? Like, you don't... Like, right away, you probably can't think of it on the top of your head, but you have to think about it. Because it's put on the shelf, like, so much dust has kind of... Accumulated. Yeah, like, it's just, it just gets put on the shelf. Mm-hmm. And that's when you're on your deathbed, where you're not chasing mistakes, but... Where you're chasing mistakes and not regret. You will regret it if you don't do the things that you wanted. Because mm-hmm. as a kid, like, you're naive, right? You, you dream about certain things. When once responsibly kicks in, you need to think about it realistically, logically. Mm-hmm. So that's my take on that. Thank Whatever. You for that. that was really yeah. wise. So in saying that, like, you think you're gonna go back to nine to five? I I just miss like structure. I miss. I yeah. miss. Oh, she misses stress. <laughs> because a lot of my nine to five wasn't stressful. Like a big chunk of it wasn't. Yeah. And I don't think it was stress that was brought upon the work per se. I feel like it was more stress that I brought upon myself. Yeah. Like feeling like I wasn't giving it, like I wasn't adding value. Even though adding, other adding people, value to the business or adding value to yourself? Both. I really feed off 
adding value to a business or yeah. adding value to what I'm doing, right? Like I can see, okay, like what I'm doing, it, it's making an impact or it's, you know, like it's actually doing something. For me, that was a big battle. Like someone could tell me, you're doing an amazing job or whatever, but if I didn't see it, it's like, well, this is not where I'm supposed to be then. Exactly. Like if someone's telling you you're doing a good job, but you feel otherwise, it's more so a self thing. Like you're not For doing sure. yourself, you're not doing yourself a service by yeah. being here. Yeah. So that's where you jump to P. I mean, yeah, you jump into being a PT. I'm sure you discussed this before. And like, yeah. It's not what it is, and fucking move on to the next. Yeah. So maybe that that next nine to five that you decide to go into is your second wake up call, which mm. will trigger then. Maybe it's not going to be PT. I'm going to go to. I'm going to. Mm. I might start a clothing brand. I might start a social. I might be a social media influencer. I might be mm. a like a podcaster. I might be whatever it may be. Mm. So, I mean, that's part of experiences in life anyway. Like, mm-hmm. through certain circumstances, you just kind of think certain ways and it leads you to the next thing. Just deep down, I just think that 9 to 5 is never for me. It's just, it's a, it's a small thought. Mm-hmm. It's just like the next thing, like the next step just hasn't been triggered yet. Like, I just haven't w- woken up to that yet. And once that happens, I'm just, I might just chase it. Anthony, thank you so much for coming onto the pod, sharing your experiences, talking about everything that you did i think someone out there just one person that's that's the aim will have taken something from this which is ultimately i think what we both want but thank you thank you for opening up and sharing all of that it was a it was a great experience being in anyone who's out there hit us up (laughs) we'll plug in below yeah big tony 96 (laughs) (laughs) underscore (laughs) underscore Three underscores, yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank All you, right. thank you. That's a wrap. We'll we'll bring we'll Anthony will come back soon. In good health. <laughs> He'll give us an update. With a motherfucking mortgage. <laughs> Hands a fucking nine to five and loose ankles. With loose ankles are I'm gonna run across the room without like panting, so <laughs> You'll be right. Yeah. So this is part this is part one. This is part one. Give thank me, you so much. Give me six months and I'll come back. All thank right. you, thank you. We're out, motherfuckers. <laughs>